I'm John DiLiberto, and this is the Echoes Podcast. Today, I'm taking one last look back at this year's Big Ears Festival, which took place two weekends ago in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm going to be talking about performances by Nils Fromm, The Comet is Coming, Sons of Kemet, Meredith Monk, Nick Bearish's Ronan, and Harold Budd. Before we hear Big Ears, though, I want to tell you about a great album out by Kevin Keller called Ice Worlds. Kevin has been an Echo's favorite for many years, combining classical influences and beautiful, subtle sound design to create wonderfully visceral and emotional soundscapes. Keller was the first musician to whom I applied the term ambient chamber music. But with Ice Worlds, he's traded in strings for an array of vintage synthesizers and modern samplers, conjuring up beautiful and often joyful images of snow-shrouded landscapes and distant cold planets. There's a reason it's the Echo's CD of the Month for March. Kevin Keller's Ice Worlds is available from iTunes, Amazon, Bandcamp, and other online retailers. The Big Ears Festival is a massive event that just finished in Knoxville, Tennessee on the weekend of March 21st through the 24th. Attending is a massive undertaking. While over a hundred concerts, events, and films, many of them scheduled in conflict with each other, the festival embodied folk with Rhiannon Giddens and Bela Fleck and outside jazz with the Art Ensemble of Chicago and Evan Parker. There was a 12-hour drone concert from midnight to noon one day, which I think only amphetamine junkies could stay up for, so I passed on that one. There was also ambient music with Harold Budd and Rock with Mercury Rev and Spiritualize. Big Ears isn't like Nearfest, Coachella, or the Montreal Jazz Festival. It's hard to locate a center because everything is pushing at the edges. I saw 24 events in four days, most of them complete concerts. Thought I'd share some of my favorites. Before the festival, I told everyone that Nils Fram was the one show not to miss, and he didn't disappoint. I'd seen him in Philadelphia last fall. You could read my review on the Echo's website. He did the same set of big ears playing the elegant Tennessee theater, and I was immediately swept into his compelling, kinetic, and physically agile set of spinning melodies on multiple keyboards. Echoes of Tangerine Dream, EDM, Minimalism, and Plain Melodic Beauty emerged as he bounced between two keyboard stations that included harmonium, spinet piano, mellotron, pipe organ, synths, and more. It was all done in real time and it was exhilarating.
That's a little bit of Nils Fram there from his album All Melody, which made up his set at Big Ears. Meredith Monk was quite a contrast. The veteran new music singer, composer, dancer, and visionary brought her latest work, Cellular Songs, to the Bijou stage and entranced the audience in this ritual work of strange vocalese and ceremonial dancing. Monk and her four singers were all dressed in unmatched white smocks and pants. I'm probably the only person who was reminded of the cigarette-smoking death cult on HBO's The Leftovers. But this was music of high spiritual as Monk and her ensemble spoke in alien voices, melted into overtones and made pleas to the heavens, some of it in complex hocketing. Most of it is wordless, but some of it had lyrics, including Happy Woman, a song that asks you to hold the conflicting thoughts of humor and poignancy. She also sang a couple of songs from her 1981 ECM debut, Dolman Music. That's Meredith Monk from Dolman Music. ECM Records had a big presence at the festival celebrating their 50th anniversary. Monk was part of that, as was Nick Bersch's Ronin. This was the third time I'd seen the Swiss trio in less than a year, and that included an Echoes concert that you can hear right now at echoes.org. It was the most exhilarating time I'd seen the band. The ensemble calls their sound a zen funk, and they locked into their minimalist grooves and patterns finding a way to give individual expression within a tightly woven framework. Bersch lace complex piano patterns, often muting the strings or playing inside of the piano itself. Everyone is holding the groove, including reed player Shah, electric bassist Tommy Jordy, and drummer Casper Rass. Although they were playing music from their latest ECM release, Awase, it sounded totally different as the modules of their music were convened in novel ways. Bersch calls all his compositions module and a number. That's Nick Bersh's Ronin from their latest album, Awase. Two bands that had a similar but more aggressive and freeform modular take were The Comet Is Coming and The Sons of Kemet. These are two different bands led by English tenor saxophonist Shabaka Hutchings. Both trade in heavy grooves and gut bucket R&B stylings. The Comet Is Coming is a power trio but with synth and sax. Dan Levers, a.k.a. Danalog, played bass-heavy grooves and swooping solos on a pair of analog keyboards, hence the nickname Danalog. Maxwell Hallett, a.k.a. Betamax, laid down 
around hip-shaking beats, somewhere between rock, R&B, and jazz. Hutchings, known as King Shabaka in this context, spun out solos that were more rhythm than melody, honking out notes like he was bar-walking in space. The band's mix of dub, drama, and drops was exhilarating, although it did run a little bit thin. That's the comet is coming from their album, Trust in the Life Force of the Deep Mystery. The sons of Kemet share Hutchings on tenor and drummer Maxwell Hallett and are joined by another drummer, Eddie Hicks, and tuba player Theon Cross. Even though they're acoustic, playing through the same large PA at the mill and mine, they rocked out as much as the comet is coming, albeit with rhythms that owe more to New Orleans second line playing and Caribbean grooves. Cross took on the bassist role while also playing rhythm-driven solos. The two horn players faced off like they were dueling. The Sun's rhythms are more varied than the comments, but Hutchings played with the same intensity. His solos were more like R&B riffing, fierce, reverbed, honking, and rhythm-fueled. Sons of Kemet from their album, Your Queen is a Reptile. Live, they used a lot more reverb and were more rocking. Harold Budd provided the kind of contrast that makes Big Ears so wonderful. While Ronin, the Comet, and Sons were playing with rave intensity, Budd brought us three performances that focus more on tone and overtones. Now 82 years old, Harold came dressed for the occasion in a white, long-sleeved Henley shirt. There's more a presentation of Budd's works, most of them new, than an actual Budd performance. He only played a few minutes in each concert and played sparingly. With Neefnorf, a percussion group, and harpist Mary Lattimore, Bud debuted new compositions that were so spare they made even his Jane Maru solo piano recording sound baroque by comparison. These works were delicate pebble drops on a placid pond as notes were doled out sparingly in the lovely Church Street United Methodist Church. His Saturday performance with Acme Strings was also spare, as the strings play mostly long, sustained whole notes against keyboards played by either Bud or Tim Story. When it didn't sound portentous, it sounded like a lament. I told an all-about-jazz writer next to me that he was taking more notes than they were playing. I only caught a little of Bud's final performance, a two-hour version of As Long As I Can Hold My Breath. That's a song from Avalon Sutra. It featured Tim Story on keyboards and electronics, Terrence Bud on guitars and keyboards, Sean Connors on percussion, Trenton Takaki on piano, and the Acme Strings. They took this 3-minute and 45-second track and expanded it to near two hours. I felt like 10 or 15 minutes was just about enough.
Harold Budd, and the original recording of As Long As I Can Hold My Breath from Avalon Sutra. There were a lot of shows I could talk about. Mutant trumpeter Ben Neal and singer Mimi Gazy played an exhilarating set of all new and thus far unrecorded music. Gacy was possessed, which is just the way I like my singers. David Torn expanded the boundaries of his instrument with mutilated guitar in three separate and different performances. The Ensemble of Chicago expanded from six to 16 members, including strings, for an odd but sometimes captivating set. And the trio of Jack DeJanet, Ravi Coltrane, and Matt Harrison definitely lived up to their lineage. Finally, I want to say that Cayenne Kalur brought the house down with his Iranian-infused compositions. A member of Yo-Yo Ma's Silk Road Ensemble, he plays the Comanche, a violin ancestor that's played with a bow. Joined by Brooklyn Rider, a string quartet and a percussionist, he created a swirl of melodies, often bouncing from one stringed instrument to the next. Brooklyn Rider was more than adept at keeping up, accenting, and expanding this wonderful composer and player's music. It's the kind of performance, completely out of left field, that makes big ears so exhilarating. This is a snapshot of Big Ears 2019, technically the 10th anniversary of the festival, although they skipped a few years in there. There were other things happening at the festival, including artist panels and films, but I wasn't about to listen to someone talk about music when I could actually hear music live. Big Ears, once again, lived up to its name, and if you had mouse ears going in, you had Dumbo ears going out. I've got a more extensive version of my review online at Echoes. Org. You can get a hold of some of the music I played today by going to our website at echoes.org. There'll be links to the tracks I played today in the posting for this podcast. Next week on the Echoes podcast, we talk with Kevin Keller about his Echoes March CD of the Month, Ice Worlds. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for tuning in to the Echoes podcast. See you next week, tonight, somewhere in the country, or online right now on Echoes. Echoes.